Castle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition uh, of The Grind. Jeff, good morning. Welcome in. Uh, it's not raining. It's it's like a, it's a rarity. Normally, Jeff brings the rain. I don't I don't know what's up. I, like, I think that should be a song. It should be a song. That'd be awesome. That would be an epic song. But, uh, Jeff, you doing okay? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I was... I was glad to see some rain, and then it just kept pouring yesterday and pouring and pouring. And I was like, "Oh, the little plants the, I put in." Did you see the floods in Knoxville? I not well. Knoxville does it anyways. The, did you hear about Robert C. Jackson? No. Robert C. was underwater. So you're talking about like the Denzo Pond overflowed into the road? I no, I think it came from the ball field side. I think uh, it was running through. From the pictures I saw, it looked like where they have started their construction and stuff. They didn't anticipate runoff. And oh yeah, it was flooded. You mean they haven't been through that little that little thing that safety yeah, train? You know, I know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, sediment. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. They should. They should. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that every time I see it. There was some pretty awesome pictures. Oh, that's bad. That's bad, but kind of interesting to go see now. But uh, no, Cedar Bluff is underwater, and I didn't know what was more in- impressive: the fact that it was underwater that bad, or that the little cars that were about two inches off the ground just kept on going. They were just, which in their in their defense, stopping's basically the worst thing you can do in those situations. Yeah, you're, you need to hope that you're going to hydroplane right over it. Yeah, well, it floor it and go. It was funny because uh, <laughs> it was it was it was epic video. Like it's must see TV because you, you would see people on the front saying "Come on," and then people on the side going "Whoa!" because they're wanting to go. You know, it's just it's the funniest thing. But that's why I was right Speed there. And power. Uh, my in laws called me and said. Is it raining your way? And I'm like, yeah. Are you guys good? I was like, yeah, we're upstairs. <laughs> it takes a long time to get up here. That's right. <laughs> but it it does. Uh, I do appreciate living on a on somewhat of a hill. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does help. And I've got a drain right in front of my in front of my driveway, which if that overflows is a bad thing. But in in general in generalities, I never flood in my yard because that's where everything goes. Everything's pitched to go there. That's good. It works. It works. But uh, but anyway, it ain't raining now, and I think we've had enough for the week. So I'd like to, for it to kind of dry up so I can mow. Uh, that'd be ideal. You hear that? You hear that? That's optimism I didn't mow about either. mowing. Yeah, I didn't mow either. Well, I'm, we're going to have to. It's You know, old Robin Williams is going to pop out of my bushes here shortly. And it's going to be <laughs> what like Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anyway, a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, Jeff, as, as you know, Pocono had two races this weekend. I've been calling it the Pocono Twins. Uh, as you, uh, you, you remember, uh, I can't remember, E-Bombs World or whatever, the Mario Twins? No. Do you remember? Oh, that's a, that, I remember E-Bombs World. That I just, is a, well, it may not be them. I don't know. It's It was 100 years ago. But oh. uh, I'll show you at the break, the Mario Twins. It's, I can't play it on the air. There's there's some language, but <laughs> it's, it's worth a listen. But anyway, uh, the Pocono Twins were something fun to watch this weekend because it was really weird. At the end of the first race, you're waiting on Kevin Harvick just to like burn it down because that was one of the last tracks 
that he needed to get the you know to get a victory at to kind of check off all the tracks on the schedule, and uh, he didn't. He just pulls up, goes gets the the flag, and it's funny they they hand him the flag and's like, we're gonna give you this one, and it was funny because they're trying to catch audio. We're gonna give you this one, but we've got we need it back because this one's gonna go to such and such. Like I don't know if some big booster is gonna get that flag and then they're gonna give him another one. I I don't know, but I was like. This is weird because again, you know, no fans in the stands, so it's it's a little different anyway at the post race. I mean, it, it affects nothing during the race really, but uh, post race, you know, he's doing that, and then uh, and then he just stops, gets the flag, and then drives in like he's like because he had to save his car for the Sunday race. That's so it right. was uh, it was it was interesting. Then then he runs really well on on Sunday as well. But but anyway, between Pocono. Uh, between, you know, the 67 days until it's football time in Tennessee, I know we're down in the 60s now, um, it, it's a different dynamic. 67 is a good year for the Vols, by the way. And, uh, and, and anyway, there's all kinds of dynamics that's going on in, in what we're doing today, like with the rain, with all the different things. And, and kind of yesterday, Governor Bill Lee, he drops the, the executive order extension late last night. Did you see that? Brittany mentioned it to me. So I saw it, and I kind of went, huh, huh. That means TJ Maxx is still going to close at 6. Yeah. Like, that was my level of huh <laughs> about it. Because, again, I, and I know, I know, I think we're on the same plane here. You know, and, and I think things have opened up, and, and people are going to Sevier County like crazy. People are doing a lot like crazy. But I'm still like an in-and-out kind of guy. I'm st- I'm honestly appreciative. Like we had we had curbside pickup last night. Like I'm not interested so much in being in in big areas. Like we went to a restaurant Friday night. I won't I won't name the restaurant because I wanted to go and just we chose not to based on capacity. And it was like elbow to elbow in there. And Laura's like, no, not gonna do it. And so we went to the restaurant next door and sat down. But and, and so I kind of it didn't surprise me when Governor Lee extended this deal. No. This executive order uh, through August 30th, but then I saw a, a tweet from from Maryville High School, Maryville Athletics, saying that they were going to suspend uh, season ticket reserve seating uh, until they get something figured out through TWSWA. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, we just hit home. We just hit home. Things are going to be looking a little different. August 21st, for those who don't know. August 21st is the first game, so we're talking weeks one and two are in question at this moment. Whether whether that's playing or not, I don't know. I think over the next couple of days, the TSSAA can dictate that as far as is it going to be playing? Is it going to be fans in the stands? Is it going to be both? What's that look like? Um, so I think that's a gut check moment uh, for everybody in the community, in the state, whatever you want to say. Um, we've got to get serious about taking care of this thing. You know, whether that's, you know, listening to Papa Fulmer and, and wearing a mask wherever you go. Papa Fulmer. That's the thing. That's his name. <laughs> but uh, whether it's wearing a mask everywhere you go or don't go places, I think we, we've got to make a decision. If we want sports, those are the two things that have to happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's – Brittany was reading numbers and stuff off to me yesterday, and that she always reads off, this is how many, this is how many. And I said, how many is active? Right, because normally that's always way lower. And when she read off how many was active, yeah. and it was actually—I mean, there's still quite a yeah, few. Yeah, Knox County has several hundred. Yeah, and Severe's up there too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, 
Well, see, that's I give, a problem. I give Sevier County. Not, I don't want to say a pass, but I give them an asterisk because there's a lot of tourists. Oh yeah, that come into Sevier County. So it's a little, it's a elevated because you have the you have the hotbed people. People from Nashville are in Sevierville. You have people from Atlanta in Sevierville. You have people everywhere else. When Knox County had, I think, 234 or something like that yesterday, active cases, I went, oh. Because, I mean, it ain't a hop and a skip over to Maryville from, Mar- no. from Knoxville. Yeah. So so what I'm looking at is is there's people that work with us every day that live in Knoxville. That's right. Uh, and, and so that, that risk is, is very elevated. And so, you know, you got to take that accordingly. And, and I think, you know, Laura says this and, and you know, pardon pardon the language, but you know, uh Laura says these people out here sports be damned. Yeah. And and that's what I you know, that's what I I'm trying to cover right here is not you know, I'm not saying you have to wear a mask. I'm not saying uh, I would I would recommend it, but I'm not saying you have to wear a mask. But I'm saying, you know, just kind of keep that, that low key profile because if not, we won't have sports. We we may have a, a, a abbreviated version we may have spring something but the problem is is there's nobody that's going to pull the trigger uh to to go play football or or to play anything really uh at this current rate because that they don't want that that what am i trying to say that liability yeah uh and you know arizona yesterday they stopped the the incoming of players uh to to the restart of their football program yesterday because of positive tests. Uh, Clemson's up around 40 positive tests of players that have come back. Now, a lot of a lot of those are asymptomatic, and people may say, well, well, maybe those are false positives. And I, and I don't disagree with that. I think there are some of that. Because I think everybody's wanting that 24-hour return test. And the faster you want to return, the more likely you are to have a, a false positive. Sure. But I think you need to treat it as such. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. If it's a positive but you have no symptoms and, and they test you and you don't have the you know, you don't have the virus, you don't have the antibodies, okay, move on. But at the same rate, if you just say, Oh, that's probably a false positive. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to Walmart with a hundred thousand of my friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you just can't do that. So I'm I'm a little stunned, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'll be ex- interested to see how the next few days unfold with the TSSAA because um it's a fine line. It's a it's a fine line. I, I I don't see a way those first two weeks that with a safer at home order or whatever that executive order is called now, uh, for there to be fans in the stands. But I think in, it's in real jeopardy whether we'll play football. It may it may back the season out till till that following you know two weeks past the the initial start of of school. So uh, we'll we'll have to see what that looks like, but. Uh, um, I don't know. I think we got to take care of what we got to take care of, and and like I've said from the whole deal, you can't make like Jeffy can't make me wear a mask. I can't make Jeff wear a mask, but I can make sure I do. Yeah. And so you take care of you, and if everybody does that, we're good. We just got to do that. I I I'll be honest. I don't see how I don't see how they're going to do it, and without making without making some kind of drastic change to the helmet. Because the second two linemen connect, they're breathing yeah, within then, a foot of each other. Yeah, and this isn't like – yeah, and have you ever you ever run down the field on a big, long pass play yeah. and it's incomplete? Yeah. You got to run all the way back and those linemen are going – Yeah. I don't see – I mean, and that's the same with baseball. 
I hit a single, what's the first thing I do? Stand on first base and talk to the first baseman. Yeah, and, and basketball is the same way. The difference is I'm you, playing defense, you're on offense, you're backing me up. I'm two feet away from your face. Hockey. So do you test before every game? I don't know. I mean it That's it, the only thing I can think of is that you literally for football, baseball, I don't I don't know. You run out of tests, you won't have enough. Because there's too many I'm, games. I'm thinking but. the only thing that's going to survive any of this is NASCAR because they're the only ones set up where they just don't have to interact with each other. And iRacing, yeah. I ra- yeah, iRacing. <laughs> yeah. It, it was built for this. Pretty much. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think there's a point, and, and I do think we've gotten we've gotten better. You know, there was – I've heard of people – you know, Bob Hodge, who's a, who's a local writer in Knoxville, uh, he got coronavirus. He's had coronavirus. I think he's still battling a little bit of coronavirus. And he says it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. He said I've, he said he's had, you know, the walking pneumonia. He's had all the, the, the terrible things that you think are, are like near death. And he said coronas beat that. But then on the flip side of things, you've had people that are asymptomatic that go, yeah, I mean, I kind of coughed for a few days, a little upper respiratory mm-hmm. kind of feel, but really – it was no different than other things. So I think there's different strands. It you know it hits people differently. I think age, health, all the the dynamics you know play a part. But um, and I think we are ahead of that. I mean, if you think about it, uh, yes, new cases are going through the roof. But I don't. I and and maybe maybe I'm just misinformed or uninformed. Uh, but I haven't seen people just like talking about how it how it's there's a lot of deaths coming off the new cases i know i know of the 224 in knox county only 14 are in the hospital hmm. so I, i'm just sitting here and i'm like is it is it mutated down is it is it what do you call it like when a hurricane downgraded has it downgraded or is this one of those things where where it's just different strokes for different folks and there's just been a um you know this the people that are affected right now are just stronger health people and it's just not hurting things. So I think all that dynamic that we don't know, we have to plan for the worst. Yeah, I think so and, too. So I, I won't just continue to beat on this thing, but but one thing we're going to have to look at is is what what are we going to do? Like, what is it going to look like uh, to to mitigate or migrate through the month of July? See what this looks like, and ultimately. Um, is there going to be school in the fall? I mean, I think that once the TSSAA pumps the brakes, that comes into question. Well, if you can't have football on Friday nights, well, you can't have, you know, eight, 900 kids walking the halls. So uh, I think they've already in, in Blount County went down the road of if people don't feel comfortable, there, there is an online option. But I'll just tell you from my perspective, I've got, I've got a rising kindergartner and a rising second grader. I'm not equipped to to teach both of those at home. Yeah, that's a concern also. Um, uh, and, and so anyway, it's that's the dynamic that we live in. We've got to take care of what we can take care of, and right now we can't dictate what school's going to do, but we can dictate whether we do uh, we do just frivolous shopping in the afternoon. Yep. We can stop whether we just you know elbow to elbow with people at restaurants. We we can we can fix that side, and and we've just got to take care of that. I agree. But anyway, let's uh, let's take us a quick break, kind of change gears a little bit. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Pocono Twins. We're going to talk about Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, the winners of this weekend's Pocono dual, dual racing setup. And we'll talk about who are the leaders in NASCAR. As, as the weekend progressed, I kind of looked back and said, 
wow, five years ago, if I'd have said who I thought were the top five uh, to myself, I would have laughed at myself. (laughs) But anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. With the Pit Food Price Guarantee, Rule King offers the lowest prices on pet food every day. Like Diamond Naturals Dog Food. Made with ingredients of exceptional quality, Diamond Naturals Dog Food provides complete holistic nutrition for every pet. With dry and canned food options, whatever your pet's nutritional needs, Diamond Naturals has a formula to match. And with the Pet Food Price Guarantee, you can get a 40-pound bag of Diamond Naturals lamb and rice or chicken and rice for just $36.99. Available in stores only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42SD. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com, 970-7132. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast 
on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Kind of talked a little Rona there uh, at the onset, but uh, we're going to jump to NASCAR now and get a little kick up the the RPMs here. There you go. But uh, Pocono, Pocono, two races, two days. Uh, I don't know if it... I don't know the the value in it. I mean, I guess if you if there were fans there, that would have been a cool little weekend to have. Go to two races. Actually, you could have went to. I think they had all told maybe. I think they had four races in two three days. on Sunday because they kept calling it the trifecta. The trifecta. Yeah, they had the truck, the Xfinity, yeah. and the and the second Cup race on Sunday, and then they had a the first Cup race on Saturday. I bet you by that last race, I mean. You could have pretty much had bald tires and turned some of those corners. Oh, I'm sure. Because there was so much rubber laid down. But, no, Pocono is the tricky triangle. You know, it's one of those that's uh, it's not really an oval. It's not really a road course, but it's kind of its own thing. Three very different corners. And it really, for new drivers, you could tell some of that. Like a Michael McDowell and, and some of those guys, they came in and, and quickly found the wall. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, it was good racing. Uh, the weather, of course, as NASCAR, if they're privy to anything, it's rain. Uh, and, and the problem is, is when your tracks cover, you know, like a four-mile plot, uh, it's not uh, un- it's not unlikely that you have rain in turn three and everywhere else is fine. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, saw a little bit of that on both days, but but at the same rate, they got both races in. And I've been calling it the Pocono Twins. And by the way, we, we talked about all kinds of other stuff at the break. You got to hear Mario Twins. Oh, yeah, I forgot uh, about that. But anyway, um, Kevin Harvick wins the first race. And Kevin Harvick has, uh, y- you know, if you look at his resurgence, you know, if you, you look at his career, you know, he takes over for Dale Earnhardt Sr., 29, GM Goodrich service. There's a little bit of, of stigma there because he's not Dale Sr., but, you know, he's in that car, and there's a li- he got a following, but a lot of people was just like, you know what, I'm going to Dale Jr. See you, bye. I was one of those. Um, anyway, he gets his first win, you know, there quickly. I think it was like his fourth race. He wins Yeah, it, race. Was, it was early on. And, and you know, he's kind of doing his thing, and he has some success, and then all of a sudden he has some sponsor issues, and then he starts changing the scheme, and then there's all kinds of stuff going on with Childress, and next thing you know, he's out. He goes, you know, he's he's looking around. He's he's up for contract, and he gets picked up by Stuart Haas. And since he's moved to Stuart Haas Racing, he's a monster. Yeah, he's he's a gonna finish in the top five or die kind of guy. And I can't tell you over the last three years how many second place finishes the guy has. I know one season he had seven. Yeah, he. There's only thirty six. He's races, been by about the, way. the model of consistency forever. 
and now now granted after he went won at Pocono Saturday which he wanted to be a lot more excited about it but he couldn't you know waste the race car we kind of talked about that but you know he's only got two races that they currently run on the circuit that he doesn't have a win at and and people would be like which which ones are they I can google it but it's a pretty big deal you know there's only two racetracks that he hasn't won at and, and that's huge for, for anybody. But I think what you said is correct. Model of consistency. When you're at that level where you've only got a couple of tracks you haven't won at, I guarantee he's got a second place there. Guaranteed it. But uh, you're just you're just really good everywhere. You understand tire strategy. You understand saving fuel. You understand running close to the wall. You understand running on the bottom. You understand side draft. You understand it all. And, and I think Kevin Harvick has mastered a lot of those skills, and he does a really good job of knowing what his car has, running where he needs to run, and then when he can get up front, he does that. And, and he did that uh, Saturday at Pocono, and, and quite frankly, Pocono, we talked about this at the break, uh, Pocono's another one of those tracks that have yet to get the aero package perfect. Uh, Pocono's really fun, you know, a lot of speed. You know, they've got to hit the corners just right. You know, they slide it up against the wall coming in that tight tunnel turn the whole deal. But if you're really good, if you're really fast, if you get out in clean air, you can leave people. Oh yeah. Uh, when they, when they rolled in that top 10 both days, it was hilarious because it was like one, two, three, four. <laughs> it was, and then five was maybe 10 more seconds. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So I think they've got to work on their arrow package, but I thought Kevin Harvick, like I said, mastered uh, that track. And then, then on Sunday, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin did the same thing. He he ran really well on Saturday's race, just couldn't catch Kevin Harvick. And then now, uh, this on Sunday, uh, Denny ran really good, and Kevin couldn't catch him. It was the reverse. It was yeah. pretty much the reverse. And and so they've got to work on some of their aero stuff. But I thought it was good racing. I thought some of those young guys really made for some interesting uh, wrecks and some different things. Some people got a little antsy late in the race and caused some sliding and doing. Uh, but after you leave Talladega and, and the way Ryan Blaney picked up that win, uh, it was a little anticlimactic at Pocono, but uh, fun none the least. But, you know, I sat there and, and, you know, Denny Hamlin won. It was like his 41st win. And, and, and then Kevin Harvick, you know, has had a really good run of it. And I think he's I think he's in the 50s in wins now. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, I'm going, NASCAR. Who's the who's the big dogs in NASCAR? Because I mean, there's no more Jeff Gordons, Jimmy Johnson, even though he's maybe as interesting as a loaf of light bread. Uh, <laughs> he's leaving the sport, seven championships, so that's a void. Whether whether you appreciate him, whether you like him, he's not really fun to talk to on the on the interviews. But whether you like him or not, that's a level of consistency success that is gone. Uh, you, you know, there's no Dell Jr., so there's no most popular driver every year. Maybe he's not going to run real good, but he's fun to watch, and paint schemes are always on point. He's gone. There's no Jeff Gordon. There's no, uh, you know, up-and-coming, kind of exploded the sport Jeff Gordon on the scene. There's no there's no Mark Martins. There's no Rusty Wallace. There's no um, name any name you want to name as far as guys that, when you were young, were NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, now NASCAR looks like honestly you could you could cover up like their chest plate and and you're like are we watching the Kentucky Derby or are we watching NASCAR because they all look like jockeys they're all about four nine and uh, and rocking and rolling but I look at it and I said you know over the weekend Laura and I were because Laura's great by the way like I'm gonna pitch that out there like Laura's cool she'll watch NASCAR with me she'll watch bowling with me 
and we'll we'll pick a side and just battle it out like we're we're that kind of tv watchers but anyway we're watching and and i'm like who's really the guy right now because kyle bush is in the middle of a slump you know he hasn't won a race all season and that's kind of I'm hoping he doesn't win again this weekend because then that's going to make the all-star race like the best thing ever because he's going to like beat and bang just to win at Bristol. And he's pretty good there. And he's pretty good there. He is good there. So, again, he's another one that's pretty good everywhere. But if you look at the sport, uh, post-Jimmy Johnson, look at at going into 21, who is your – who would you look at as as your perennial – like these are the – the sitting Mount Rushmore of, of of NASCAR. And I mean, it's a little it's a little different. Like I said, I would laugh at myself if I'd have said this five years ago. So the, we're we're talking like right now as active sits, drivers. Active drivers. Only not not part time drivers, not picks up a race here and there. No Dell Junior, you know, running an yeah. Xfinity race every now and again. Probably of course Kevin Harvick. Hmm. Cause, Cause, he's just always, and up he's there. the elder statesman. Like yeah. he's the he's the older man. Yeah, Brad Kozlowski, because he drives to Deuce. I know. Well, he's he, he's won a couple races too this year. Yeah. Well, he's he's outlasted a few guys in some races. Yeah. So just put that's it part that of it. Um, I I still think Kyle Busch. Even I mean, he hasn't won one yet this season, but I mean, he's still he's always right there at yeah. some point. Um. So I'm I'm totally on board with all three of these. By the way, like I'm just giving Jeff a hard time because he's a he's a blue deuce guy. I and and then after that, there's like a fall off for me because there's names that I recognize, but then there's names that. Well, I think one of them that I I told you, and I, I'm totally cool with bashing him right here. Uh, the guy that I told you that's probably vying for that spot. I think it's a it's a it's probably four people vying for one spot on Mount Rushmore, right? I so, think so. Yeah. So it's Martin Trex Jr. Yeah. Joey Logano, uh, Joey Logano, uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, and oh, there's one other one. See, I was even going to throw Chase Elliott up there. Chase Elliott's good right now, but I, I still think I need some consistency, and he's just See, not been in the sport long enough. And and that's and the reason why I kind of want to throw Chase up there is because I see Chase Elliott as kind of being that Jeff Gordon-ish. He's just got to finish the race. Is his problem, and I know he's been he's, snake bit. He's and, very much, um, and I love I love Chase Elliott. I literally Joey Logano has a championship. Martin Truex Jr. has a championship. Denny Hamlin probably should have one or two. Uh, the way he's he's been at at Homestead two, I think two or three times with a chance to go home with a championship and just has it. So I would put Chase Elliott ahead of all of those guys from a making the sport interesting category. Yeah, but when you talk about consistency. And you and and I'm probably going to get a, a some weird looks and maybe even some <laughs> probably cool responses. I'm going to put Denny Hamlin on that on that. Mount yeah, Rushmore. I can see that because if you if you look at Denny Hamlin, one he's got really good equipment. He's always clean nosed. He's a different kind of racer. I mean, and the reason I Denny Hamlin marches to the beat of his own drum. That's the reason I kind of like him is because one he's kind of modern. Like if you go to his house, I mean, it's not. It's not not that there's anything wrong with backcountry North Carolina, but you go to his house and I mean it's like a modern house. He's he's rocking ball shorts and and you know just a t-shirt, just kind of a regular dude. He's an eye racing guy. Uh, he's got a golf simulator in his man cave, which I think is pretty epic. He runs Jordan Brand on his fire suit, which I think is really cool. That is kind of. Um, 
and he's just he's consistent. Like there's been there's multiple years he's won five or more races. Uh, he's he's always there at the end. Homestead he knows how to he knows how to race at all types of tracks, and then you know he knows when to win when he when he should win. And and I think this season uh, people better watch out for Denny Hamlin because his crew chief. One, they won the Daytona 500 and kind of got off to a really good start. And then they won a couple more races since he's come back. Jason Ward said Christian Bell uh, will be good in a couple years. Batman? I, well, I, no, see, I was kind of thinking I'm like, kidding. Oh, Ken, I know, Ken yeah. Miles? Ken, I mean, he, yeah. You're, you, he's exactly right, though. Timmy Hill, that's yeah. another name you're going to hear that's pretty good. Roth Chastain. Uh, and I think uh, what's what it's going to take is it's going to take – the Kevin Harvick to leave you know you have to have these drivers that we were just talking about they have to leave I, I knew where you were going Jason he said Christopher Bell I think it, it <laughs> I think it auto-corrected on him well that's because you put too much ba- Batman references on him that's exactly right but anyway no you're right it's going to have to be a mass exodus and then it's going to be like who picks up the pieces yep who goes to, to victory lane more? Who gets the championships? And quite frankly, Kyle Busch, after Kevin Harvick leaves, Kyle Busch will be the elder statesman. Like, yeah. he'll be the guy who who he's the quote-unquote rowdy older guy that's always going to beat and bang on you, and, and he's he's going to push you to a win, or he's going to knock you out to win it himself. Yep. And, uh, and and then there we go. You know, and, and who steps up? Is it a Chase Elliott? Is it a is it a William Byron? Because I think he's he's got some he's got really good equipment. He's just got to get it done. Uh, is it an Alex Showman Bowman? I don't think so. Uh, but uh, or is it somebody we haven't seen yet? Like a like a uh, a Noah Gragson. Uh, he's he's running in the Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports, and he's he's a monster. I mean, he's a guy who knows how to put a he'll put a fender into you, and then probably put a quarter panel in you on the way out. <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty tough on the on the wheel. Uh, you know, Ju- Justin Allgaier's kind of made his his rise to the cup, and then he's kind of bounced back and forth. So, is he is he kind of where he's going to be? Uh, like I said, Timmy Hill, Christopher Bell, I think that's a really good one to mention. Uh, and, and then there's some other ones that I've not even not even Chase Briscoe. He won at Pocono. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys that that are up and coming, but uh, NASCAR needs a name. NASCAR needs a rivalry. NASCAR needs a uh, a little bit of off track atmosphere to drive this thing. I mean, you remember when Tony Stewart used to get into it with everybody? I'm pretty sure that brought a lot of people to the track. Yeah, yeah. Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. There's a whole docu series on the Jeff Gordon Dale Earnhardt rivalry. We don't have any good rivalry right now. Not really. Like, not. I mean, Joey Logano and everybody else. Yeah, because Joey Logano just he and I know. I mean, you have the rivalry of Kyle Busch and the fans. Well, you know they've kind of turned <laughs> like, and even me, I've yeah, softened. they toned it down because they're not there. <laughs> yeah, they they're piping it in on social media. <laughs> Hashtag Kyle sucks. But uh, anyway, yeah. I uh, you know I've cooled on Kyle Busch. I used to say I like the way he drive. If he'd just leave that helmet on, he'd be my favorite. Yeah, driver. there you go. But. You know, after he got married, like I'll, I'll give the MVP to his wife because once he got married and had the little boy, he's kind of a different dude. He's not. He's he's less baggish, and I feel like he had a lot of baggish to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I'll give him. There's kudos to Kyle Busch, and and I feel like anybody who has to drive that purple M and M's car needs a little kudos every now and again. I don't know. I I like it. He looks, but you you can tell he doesn't. Because when he yeah, does races, I can see that. he has that pink M&M hat on, and he's like, just get this over with. 
Yeah. I don't want to do this. I could see that too. Who what's your so Kyle Bush and we're yeah, completely yeah, it's uh, right. off this deal. But uh Kyle Bush, when you talk about paint schemes, like I think Chase Elliott has the opportunity to have some really cool ones with Mountain Dew, with Hooters, the whole deal. But when you talk about Kyle Bush, he has the probably the widest range of like awesome. Because the Skittles car is awesome. The yellow M&M's car is awesome. The blue uh, Snickers car is awesome. The interstate battery car is awesome. I mean, there's the only one that I'm really not a fan of is really the purple hazelnut spread. See, e- even M&Ms. all that, I like it all. I, I The purple, it. I have always been one of those that when you give me a flashy car, I love it. Like when Jeff Gordon, you, and I hated Jeff Gordon. The Rainbow forever. Warrior car? When, when he would drive the Chrome Illusion car, and they would always bring it out for the Winston or certain night races. That was my favorite ever. That was I would look for that. And and a lot of time I find myself wanting him up front so that we could just see it. So did you like the Rainbow Warrior car or the Flame car better? Flame. See, I don't know. I like both. I thought they were both really attractive. Again, I hated it when he was running it because I was like, gosh, here he yeah. is again. See, and for me, you know, the Miller Lite car, I liked it when it was blue and white. It You know, it's iconic, but I loved it when it was the genuine draft car. Yeah, and the then, black and gold. Yes, yeah. and then when there for a little while, he switched and it became an all-blue car and he had the, the red flames going down the side, I thought it was sharp. But they only did it for just a brief little bit, and then now when they run the Miller Lite, it's just all white with... A blue deuce. Yeah, and which is fine, but at the same time, I was like, what, what happened? Well, it's a lot better than the Auto Trader car. Yeah, the gosh. Auto Trader car, the the money... Money Lion? Yeah, is that oh it? my gosh. Like, I thought they ran out of paint and just had three buckets laying around that and just went ugly. And then Logano ran it, like, the week after, and I'm like, but It matched the driver. Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> did I say that out loud? Uh, but anyway, anyway. But, yeah, Chase Elliott, so far this year, my pick for best paint schemes has been him. Is it the Little Caesars car? Is it the one of the Hooters? It, the Little the Caesars car, cars. the Black Hooters car was where it was at. It was nasty. I'm I'm so excited. That, you know, I don't know, um, and this probably goes against what I've said earlier, but uh, uh, I'm excited about the, the – the, what is it called? The All-Star Race. Whoa. Yeah, don't call it the Winston. Yeah. That's what I always call it's the Winston, but the, it's not. The All-Star Race being in, in Bristol this, this oh, time. Oh, I'm hoping I'm excited. out for this. I'm excited because it's in Bristol – but I'm also excited because with it being new, I'm hoping they roll out some like crazy yes. paint schemes. Yes. And that about ten laps in they're all beat to beat to junk. I hope that as well. Yeah. That's what I hope. When mm. is that again? It's July the fifteenth, a Wednesday. What? I know, right? Yeah, that was ideal, right? <laughs> Seven o'clock start though. So I mean that's a little that's better. That's not as bad, but a Wednesday? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, why would they do that? We're just we're just reveling in the the the, the stupidity here. But anyway, yeah, it's on a Wednesday, but it's at Bristol, so there's a there's a little caveat there. But anyway, anyway, NASCAR is just evolving, and I, I guess we we kind of got off track a little bit. Pocono, <laughs> uh, Pocono had two races this weekend. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick gets the victories uh, again. Denny Hamlin adds to his season victory total. Uh, Kevin Harvick as well. So we're looking for. 
for a new driver as we go into this next weekend? Uh, is it is it Kyle Busch? I mean, I think he's he's going to push as hard as anybody. Yeah, because he needs a win. You know, Chase Elliott has a win. Uh, you, you know, you look at some of the drivers that you're looking to to continue to check off those names, and a lot of those guys are getting it done. Uh, but are there some young guns that can step up? I think so. I think you you look at at guys like um, you know like like Christopher Bell, like he's talking about. He's running in the Xfinity Series, but when he jumps into the Cup Series, uh, he does a really good job. Daniel Hemrick, who drives the number eight Childress car, uh, he's he's a guy that's putting it putting it in the wind and and has a couple uh, Xfinity Series championships. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if when Jimmy leaves, that's a Daniel Hemrick ride. Uh, waiting to happen but let's take our last break of the day listen to these great sponsors when we come back we're going to talk 1967 we're going to talk 67 days until it's football time in tennessee tennessee 1967 national champs we'll talk about that on the flip side of the break you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 850 a.m and streaming at wkvl.com we'll be back you don't want to miss it a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go Go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. Carm Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and Carm Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless 
needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. America is really heating up, and that requires serious fans to cool you down. Rule King has a complete cooling collection at the lowest prices every day. The two-speed direct-drive fan with heavy-duty motor is now just $109.99. Don't need that much power? A 20-inch box fan is now just $14.99. You can buy online at RuleKing.com and we'll bring it to you when you arrive at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, you, you are now E-Bomb World. I don't even know if that's E-Bomb's World, but you're uh, you're Mario Twin certified now. That was pretty funny. It's 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 not for all ears, but uh, it was good for his. It was good for his. But you know, we talk about you know sixty seven, and that's the the days that we are on until it's football time in Tennessee. And the jersey countdown starts with Ted Daffer, guard for nineteen forty nine to fifty one Vols. He, uh, he he locked down the middle of the defensive line during a dominant time for Tennessee football. He was the only two time All American from the nineteen fifty. And fifty-one squad that lost two ball games. Wow! Yeah. So uh, again, a, a just a bunch of guys who knew what to do. Uh, he helped Tennessee to an eleven and one record in a national championship from one poll in nineteen fifty, losing only the second game of the season to who? Mississippi State. Daffer returned the following season to help the squad become consensus national champs in nineteen fifty-one, going undefeated in the regular season. And then lost in the Sugar Bowl. Again, we talk about that Neyland's prowess on bowl games. Uh, not not necessarily uh, the biggest biggest push for him. But uh, why people wear number 67? Bill Mayo says, I wore it because Bob Kuchenberg uh, was my favorite player from the 1972 undefeated Dolphins. He's on my list. Is he on your list? Look at that. Why I wore the number? Bob Scott, guard, 53-55. to 55. He said, the number 67 was given to me by General Nealon in the fall of 1952. Uh, it said it was worn the year before by All-American Ted Daffer, who played on the 51 championship team. It was a great honor to play for the general and to wear Ted's number. Uh, Tommy Bauckham, 
uh, said my number 67 was special because we were fortunate enough to win the Southeastern Conference in 1967, and that was my number. I think it's always cool to like wear the number of the year that you're in. Like right now, I guess whoever wears 20 would be kind of good. Yeah, I can see that's kind of neat. I mean, I always thought it was cool. Like, you know, the jersey number 98, not only is it John Henderson, but it's national championship year. Yeah. So I thought that was always pretty cool uh, to be able to dub. But uh, nonetheless, guys who have worn number 67, Clyde Gravin, or Gravin, uh, 1941, Ozzie Manessis, uh, 1944, Armal Howard, 45 through 48, Ted Daffer, 49 through 51, Bob Scott, 53 through 55, Dwayne Severs, uh, 1956, Joe Lukowski, 57 through 59, Bill Hillis, 1960, uh, Ned Sullivan, 61, 2, and 3, Clay Harkelroad, uh, 1964, Vin Mays, 1965 and 6, Tommy Balkum, 67 through 9, John Wagster, uh, that's a cool name, 70 through 72, Alan Lee, 1973, Mickey Marvin, 1974 through 76, Phil Sutton, 77 through 9, Chris Wampler, 1980, Bill Mayo, 82 through 84, Bill Bauer, 1985, Kevin Simons, or Simmons, uh, 86 through 88, Greg Girardi, uh, 1989, Brad Sieber, 1990, uh, David Bell, 91 and 2, Kevin Mays, 93, 94, his sons are now on the football team, Cade and Cooper Mays, uh, so Kevin was wearing it 93, 94, uh, he's one of the... Uh, He's uh, noted as being the guy who gave uh, Peyton Manning uh, uh, the signal uh, that the to change the play at the line of scrimmage that got Peyton chewed out for one of the first times by Philip Fulmer. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, uh, Peyton, just side story, Peyton went to the sideline. Philip went, that wasn't the play I called. Why did you do that? He said, well, Kevin said they were open. He said, well, Kevin don't play quarterback. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Peyton sat down after that. Kevin don't play quarterback. Kevin don't play quarterback. Chad Clifton wore it 96 through 99. Chuck Prug wore it 2001 through 2004. Cameron Mayo wore it in 06. Minor Bowens or Bowens wore it in 2009. Caleb Leonard 2010. And Alan Posey 11 and 12. Your current number 67 is Aaron Spell, an offensive lineman 6'1, 297, a redshirt sophomore out of Paducah, Kentucky by way of Brentwood Academy. So 67's been a really good number. You said you've got uh, someone on your list. Not not many. The, this is not helping me out very much, but Reggie McKenzie, Bob Kuchenberg, and Les Richter. Reggie McKenzie, you know, played at Tennessee. Sure. He was a twin. Okay. You didn't know that? No. And Reggie, is Reggie, yeah, he's the one that was the uh, general manager of the Raiders, right? Sure. I believe you. You split days on me. That's the kicker. Because, like, yesterday you had 68. So an, an NHL name for you would have been Yarmer Yager. I was like, I was like, split days. 67 comes after 68. Yeah, and so for tomorrow, <laughs> for 66, you got another hockey number, Mario Lemieux. You want, hey, you want to know what my response to that is? You don't care. 865-983-4310. Because <laughs> I can say it just like you. Well, I don't know that I'll uh, pronunciate it right, but uh, I will uh, I will say it and, and make you proud. There you go. Maybe not. Maybe um, not. Did you say Les Richter? I did say Les Richter. He is the only number 67 
to be enshrined in Canton. Do you know that? Really? At number 67. Huh. Uh, you know, a lot of these numbers have like five and six guys and yeah. whatever. 67, one. And that's kind of cool for him and his family. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Les Richter said, sure, I play rough, but that's the <laughs> that's what the Rams pay me for, and that's what the fans pay to see. If that don't fire you up. No, that's fair. Is. That That is – well yes. said. That's absolutely right. He looks like, if you look at this picture of him, does he not look like the guy from Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but he, he probably plays a lot tougher. Uh, Les Richter career highlights nine full seasons out of Cal. He was 6'3", 238 pounds, second player picked overall in the 52 draft. The Rams traded 11 players to obtain the rights to select him, known for his rugged, punishing style of play, eight straight Pro Bowls, first or second team all NFL each of his nine seasons. Uh, also saw action at center and place kicker early on in his career. Led the Rams in scoring, 1955-6, and six, amassed 193 points, recorded 16 interceptions out of Fresno, California, uh, Les Richter. He passed away uh, at the age of 79 in 2010. And uh, what about those stats? Place kicker? In the NFL. I mean, Ugh. why would you do that? Like, I, mean, I wouldn't well, want to return the kickoff because if I get past everybody, I've got him <laughs> waiting to kill me. You know what you call that? Fair catch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, nope, not going to do it. Oh, my gosh. Do it. But I love that. That's what the Rams pay me for, and that's what the fans pay to see. Let's look at 1967 in sports. If you look at it from a football standpoint, Super Bowl one. 1967, the first year of the Super Bowl, Green Bay Packers of the NFL win 35 to 10 over the Kansas City Chiefs. How uh, how fitting is that? We talk about the first Super Bowl where the Kansas City Chiefs do not get it done, and the last Super Bowl that we just had a few months ago, the Kansas City Chiefs are your champion. Yeah, there you it's go. Kind of dynamic uh, location. They played in the the Memorial Coliseum in in Los Angeles in front of 62,000 fans. Uh, if you look at it, uh, they, that's the also the year of the infamous Ice Bowl. Uh, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Dallas Cowboys 21-17 to for the 67 NFL Championship in what is now known as the Lambeau Field Ice Bowl. I remember, I remember that. I remember watching like documentaries about that. Like They said it was like falling on concrete. Yeah, oh, I bet. Oof. Oakland Raiders defeated the Houston Oilers 40-7 to uh, to claim the American Football League championship, and the New Orleans Saints became a football team in 1967. No kidding. How about so, that? Yeah, and then Archie Manning got the, the reward of being right there to get it all started up and, uh, and kind of maybe not have such a, a good run of it. In baseball, the World Series, St. Louis Cardinals win four games to three over the Boston Red Sox. The series MVP was pitcher Bob Gibson of St. Louis. The Kansas City Athletics become the Oakland A's for the 1968 season. We spoke that yesterday, but they actually made the decision in 67 uh, to be the 68 Oakland Athletics. Hmm. Did you know they were in Kansas City? No. I had no idea. I didn't either. I had no Not idea. Not a clue. Uh NCAA, the UCLA Bruins uh, win 79-64 over Dayton to be to have their first of a record seven consecutive NCAA championships under then-coach John Wooden. In the NBA Finals, the Philadelphia 76ers won four games to two over the San Francisco 
Warriors. Um, the American Basketball Association began play as a rival league to the NBA. Wow, that Did lasted, you know that? didn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's USFL all over again. <laughs> XFL all over again. Yeah. AAF all over again. Yeah, AAF. I was like AAA. And then XFL all over again. <laughs> and then maybe XFL all over again. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like I said, Jeff, 1967 was a national championship year uh, for Tennessee. And, and again, people were going to be like, I didn't know they won, you, you know, another national championship. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, in, in those days, um, the AP wasn't the only thing that called you national mm-hmm. championship. You know, now you've got the uh, you had the BCS, and then now you have the college football playoff, all somewhat gov- governed governed governed. That's a new word, Jeff. We, we created one right here. Oh, I like it. Put it in the dictionary. Uh, governed, governed. It, you know, it, it wasn't always go- governed under one umbrella. You know, you had you had all these different media outlets that would claim a national championship. Ask Alabama; they've got a few of them. But uh, you know, this county fair can name you a national champion, and it works. But anyway, I digress. But uh, <laughs> anyway, there was there was ma- there was major segments. The Associated Press was not the the heralded one. You know, there was College Football Association. There was. There was the Lichten, Lichtenberg, Lichtenstein. I can't remember. There, I know which one you're talking about. I, there was I another. I'm trying to trying to find uh, what they did, but but basically, um, there there was one outlet that named uh, Tennessee as the uh, as the national champion, and Tennessee will claim that, and I think they should. At a nine and two record, six and zero in the conference, uh, Doug Dickey was was named uh, to a national champ. Lichtenhouse, that's what it is. Yes. Lichtenhouse was the Lichtenhouse national champion and SEC champion because before, you know, this, this used to be, you know, for those who are, are just now getting into college sports and, and things, it's not always been, you know, season, conference championship, bowl game, or yeah, bowl game that leads to a national champion. Before it was regular season, awards, national champion crowned, then you go play a bowl game. Yeah. And, and so. And, and there was like six bowl games. There was Rose Bowl, there was Cotton Bowl, there was Sugar Bowl, there was Peach Bowl. There was all these 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 basic, the what you would call New Year's Six now, was the bowls that you had. Everybody else went home. And so when, when Tennessee 1967 got named national champion by Lichtenhouse, I mean, I don't want to say that it was shocked to Tennessee fans because I think 6-0 and in the conference in 67, if you beat Alabama in the 60s, that meant something. And they did that. Nine and two overall, Doug Dickey is claimed as a national champion uh, in 1967. I like I like Lichtenhouse. It was a cool looking trophy. Yeah, <laughs> all Tennessee fans are like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. agreed, sure. But I'll say Tennessee has two AP national championships, six overall. If you look at Lichtenhouse and all the other outlets uh, that would claim one, uh, again, teams that did not win an AP national champion, and this this to me validates the irrelevance of the AP of the time because they didn't respect Southern football. They didn't respect Tennessee football. They didn't respect Alabama. So I'm not, it's not a Tennessee thing, but in 1939, and we'll get there when we get to 39, undefeated, untied, unscored upon, not national champions. Hmm. 1950, 10 and 0, regular season, not national champion. That's dumb. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's one of those things that boggle the mind, Jeffy. But you know what? Boggle the mind's going to have to wait another day. 
because we've run out of time. Don't miss top of the hour. Jason Swain in the Swain event and what is a block of sports right here on WKVL. But we're out of time, but you've got more. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.